the GovCon Secrets Podcast will take a deep dive into the government contracting space where you'll hear from a variety of expert guests on strategy, pricing, benefits, business tactics, and all this to save you a ton of money, time, energy, and effort. I'm your host, Jim Campbell, former Marine and CEO of Axum Fringe Solutions Group. My goal is to redefine the benefits world with a brutally honest view of how benefits, compliance, finance, and overall contracting strategy mixed with my years of experience and expertise can benefit you to deploy strategies to help your GovCon grow and win in the future, all the while without boring you to death. We're going to have fun. Let's start the show. All right. So here we go. Round two, GovCon Secrets podcast with Alexa Baggio. Uh, Folks, I say round two because Alexa and I did a whole podcast and I didn't hit record. So uh, this is going to be a fun one because we had an awesome podcast. And uh, this is either going to get better because we've done this once already, or this is going to be lackluster because we've already talked about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. TBD, the trust, re- the trust rehearsal was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody signs in for the dress rehearsal. Yeah, we might have blown our load there. We'll see. Yeah, exactly. Just throw it out the window. But uh, the calamity ensues. It'll be worth the podcast. Listen. Yeah. So like I said, this is round two. I'm going to ask you to do it all over again. And uh, we're going to talk about owning employee engagement and employee benefits. So understanding that this is um, what I feel the future of benefits because benefits are broken in the United States. And we all know that you created a company. You created a company called Showcase, and I am going to now introduce Alexa Baggio, founder and CEO of Powered by Perks Showcase. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Much appreciated. Stoked to be here yet again. Again. Doing <laughs> again. it again. Doing it again. Doing it again. I, I have slightly less pre-workout in my system this time, though, so I won't be jumping through the screen. Darn it. <laughs> you were so lively last time. I know. It was definitely the pre-workout. Still yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. I didn't which 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 brand is your brand? Uh, I use a brand called Dot Fit. It's a Canadian group. If you've ever heard of Precision Nutrition, they're like a big yeah. company. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, their founder, who I think is an awesome dude, who's trained like GSP and all these guys. Uh, he they have a supplement business that's basically like only clean, like lab tested supplements called Dot Fit. D O T. They have one. They have a pre workout called No Rage. <laughs> It's basically like BCAs, creatine, caffeine. It's a shit ton of caffeine. It's like 300 milligrams of caffeine. Uh, but I go. like it because it's clean. There you go. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of um, an FDA subsidized company or just tested company as well. And uh, yeah. But their pre-workout will send me through a wall and I am all rage. So that is yeah. a bad <laughs> well, I mix. might need to get you some no rage, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, it won't work. I'm caffeine sensitive. I'll, I'll end up oh, running through a I'm brick not, wall somewhere. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I've basically abused caffeine for so long that I am, I'm almost like numb to it at this point. That's how bad it is. There you go. All right. So here we go. We're going to do the intro of Alexa Baggio. So if you tell us a little about yourself and perks. How'd I get into this? All right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So quick backstory that's not really quick at all is I started, the company is called Perks, but there's a couple different brands underneath it. Long story short, I I started in in and around the benefit space at a college. I worked on Wall Street and municipal finance, and then I sold fintech software. And long story short, I got tapped by a friend of a friend uh, many moons ago to co-found a business in the benefits space, uh, which at the time I was like, what the hell is employee benefits? Uh, But (laughs) it was a, it was an onsite optometry business. So we did mobile optometry and I was effectively like, you know, head of experience, COO. I, I built these 
you know, 38 foot RVs that were basically like a Warby Parker on wheels. And the whole idea was to come to your office and provide preventative healthcare because eye exams, for example, are a sort of preventative healthcare measure that people wildly neglect because the process of getting them is actually very old school and very inconvenient, right? So everybody knows that, you know, you have to go all the way to the lens crafters. You've got to sit there and wait if they even have an appointment in places like Boston, where we founded the company, getting, getting on a new optometrist patient list was like a two to three month wait at one point because there was just too much, uh, too little supply and, and too much demand for visits and contacts and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and so long story short, the whole idea was, hey, let's bring this service to the employee at the office. We'll use, you know, we'll get inside the networks of their existing healthcare coverage and we'll just make it convenient. You can just come downstairs. The exam takes 15 minutes. It's fully comprehensive. You can buy your glasses. We'll have them shipped directly to you. It was it was a great play. I, I really adored the model of, of providing preventative healthcare and just making it more accessible because eye exams, people also don't realize like, you know, they do things like screen for heart problems and diabetes. And there's all kinds of crap that you can see in an eye exam. That's, you know, you should be doing it every couple of years if you're healthy and more frequently, if you have vision issues or health issues. So long story short, I started to do that. And, you know, my job was basically to get the employer community to say, yeah, if you build these, you know, multi hundred thousand dollar vehicles, we'll let you come see our employees. And I was just immediately disenchanted with the process of how that was happening for a couple reasons. One, I was baffled by how little a lot of the quote unquote benefits people I was meeting with understood about their benefits specifically, uh, whether it was sometimes eye exams are covered by medical benefits, sometimes more often than not, it's a voluntary benefit or something like IMED or VSP or whatever. But the plans are complicated. They're kind of like dental insurance. You're like not really sure what they cover, but I would have people who are global heads of benefits who didn't understand how their vision insurance worked. And I wasn't frustrated at them. I was frustrated for the, for the system, which I very quickly sure. learned was basically, we're going to call this the benefits and employee experience piece of this team. But really what this is, is the keep our healthcare cheap and keep people enrolled in the healthcare effectively team, uh, which is very different than the benefits team. Uh, and so I got very disenchanted with that very quickly. And then I realized as I was, again, sort of promoting the service as we were launching it, that there was not a repository of information available to employers on everything they could be providing for employees. So people would reach out and be like, oh, I had no, you know, I'd reach out to a company and they'd say, oh, I had no idea this existed. And I'm like, yeah, I have no idea how you would know that this existed unless you were an idiot and picked up my phone call uh, or opened your email, right? And so I got to thinking there must be a way, uh, and at the time, you know, this was almost a decade ago, there must be a way, because I keep hearing about companies trying to do innovative services in, in the benefit space, which now there's a plethora of them. I would argue there's a, almost too many of them. But at the time, it was a newer concept, like that you would provide anything beyond core benefits, you know, basic disability, life, whatever, the, what we consider sort of the um, table stakes benefits now. Um, yeah, core benefits. Yeah, yeah, core benefits. Yeah, right. Which I, I, the lingo in this space we can get to because it pisses me off. But anyway, uh, <laughs> the, basically table stakes. Like no, nobody is winning employees over dental and vision at this point. Like it's just a given for the most part. So anyway, long story short, I started a business called trade show business called the Perks Conventions to basically bring an event to people where they could come discover and shop for their teams for the day, basically. So everything that wasn't a core benefit, whether it was, you know, dog grooming at the office or, you know, preventative mental health services or class pass, or I don't know, step walking challenges, like you name it, if it directly benefited the employee, we showcased it. And that was sort of my foray into benefits was I started this, you know, employee benefit and was increasingly frustrated by, you know, not being able to get employers who were begging for differentiating services. You know, it was very hard to get them to listen because they immediately assumed that it was going to cost something or that it had to be hard. And then the thing that I realized that leads me to today is that they had absolutely no idea how to market these services. So I'd have 
you know, a 5,000 person, you know, fortune 500 company bring us into the office and you'd have employees walking through the parking lot being like, I had no idea this was going to be here today. And I'm like, what do you mean you had no idea this was going to be here today? Like, and you know, the trucks are obvious. Like they have a face mm-hmm. on them and they say like, come get your eyes tested, right? They're, they're <laughs> hard to miss intentionally. Um, but people are like, yeah, I had no idea this was coming today. And I'd be like, well, unfortunately the calendar's full, right? Cause you can like see, you know, a dozen, couple dozen uh, patients in one truck in a day. And uh, I was like, why is that? Like what? I don't understand. Like your, your team said they marketed this. And the answer is like, yeah. they don't have the tools or the skills to market these things. So play that out over 5,000 employees. That's a very expensive problem. Huge. It's very expensive when your employees don't know about the things that you offer. And it doesn't like, let's just, you know, We'll talk about the healthcare piece of this because that's obviously the most expensive piece. But just think about basic services in terms of time and energy spent to provide those, to procure them, to implement them. And now all of a sudden you're walking around and 80% of your population doesn't know about 80% of your benefits. Like if nothing else, you've just wasted a bunch of your own team's time uh, in the HR space. And if there's one thing I know after working with thousands of, of HR people in the last many years is that like they don't have extra time to waste. They're right. usually resource constrained. They don't have enough people doing the job. It's certainly not for people who want guts, you know, guts and glory. Uh, it's a very thankless job. And, you know, I was just insanely frustrated. So fast forward to COVID, obviously a little rough for a trade show business, but we continued to get asked by clients of ours, both brands that had exhibited at our trade shows and clients that we'd worked with uh, either to help them with their benefits or, or just attendees of our events. And COVID happened and I got it insane amount of outpouring from both sides of this equation saying, what the hell am I going to do? I can't do benefit fairs this year. And my employees don't know anything about their benefits. And I, my, I had like this come to Jesus moment where I was like, this might be the moment that the world is finally ready to fix this fucking problem, which is that companies are finally on a knee, basically willing to admit that they don't know how to communicate and brand and, and market to their employees. Like they have no idea how to market their own experience. So we basically launched Showcase. Uh, We created a platform that started basically with the immediate need in COVID, which was let's get you a virtual way to get your benefits and your vendors all in one place in front of your employees. You know, and and some of that was virtual benefit fairs, which I hesitate to even talk about now because we're so much more than that. But we needed a way for, you know, employers, and it sounds ridiculous, to put all of their core benefits, voluntary benefits, perks, point solutions, and internal programs in one place so that employees who are now not, you know, walking through the cafeteria at the benefits fair on Tuesday, uh, who are now stuck at their desk had a sort of single point of entry that looked good, that felt good, where they could easily access that information. So that's kind of how we started very simply. And then, you know, really with the idea that we want to solve the problem of one employees, not knowing about their benefits two them having too many places to go to access that information. And three, you know, HR people being told they need to be marketers and then not being given any tools or skills to do that. Uh, and especially data. So we basically built a platform that allows them to communicate, track that communication, sort of house all of their information across their the myriad of systems that they're using between HRIS, Ben Admin, and uh, all the different things, uh, and create a good-looking sort of employee front door that, you know, you start your first day at, you know, company A, and you've got one little app that just tells you everything you need to know, gets you where you need to go when you need to get there, and uh, eventually we'll do some some really aggressive things to help you make sure you optimize your benefits, but at least starting the conversation of, like, my employer and my employer brand are synthesized, and it, they talk to me, and they're personalized to me, the employee, which just didn't exist, really prior to COVID and still doesn't exist in the way that we've sort of uh, developed the platform. But yeah, I'm just real tired of people telling me, you know, every time I go to a cocktail party, hell yeah. I, you know, you say, Oh, I work in benefits, right. 
And the first thing out of every employee's, every, <laughs> everyone who has a job or has ever had a job to this day, their first comment is, I don't know shit about my employee benefits. That's right. But I wish that I did. Right. Like I had, yep. a, I had a, a friend who was another eye opening, like, oh, we got to build this thing. We got to go. I had another friend who's a, a very prominent uh, medical professional uh, in Boston. And we were, you know, we were at a dinner party or something. We were chit chatting and she had been telling me about this nutrition program that she had started uh, doing. And I said, oh, that's so cool. Like, why'd you decide to do this nutrition program? She's like, oh, I randomly heard through another colleague of mine that the hospital I work at supports eight free weeks of nutrition coaching. And I said, what do you mean you randomly heard? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I just overheard this woman talking about it. I'm like, why? She's worked there for eight years. She's like, they've provided this program for over five years. And I had no idea until I heard this woman in the cafeteria talking about yeah, it. And I was like, sure. Jesus fucking Christ, that's horrible. Well, people's lives like wrap them up, right? Like they, they, they worry about everything. Now, look, I mean, look at the economy. You hear the news. You hear it's just it's constant flow down of pressure. And yep. then they don't realize my benefits are always there, but they're not really known. So when you need it, it's a stiff punch in the face. Right. And I think what you're saying is what you've done is no, the door's always been there. We've made it very bright. We've made it very easy to open. And yes. oh, by the way, we can help you with it. Like yeah. there's a way for you to use these things a lot easier and a lot yeah. better. It doesn't have to be just like a misnomer. Yeah, and we, and we want to break the cycle. It's my goal in this industry, Jim, to break the, the open enrollment cycle, basically. Like every single thing in the benefits world is built around open enrollment. And what it's done is it's created a really inefficient process and mindset for the people who are in charge of the utilization and optimization of these services. So basically what happens is you join a company, they shove a bunch of information at you about your benefits to make sure you enroll in shit. And then for the most part, you don't hear sh shit about your benefits, uh, let alone the ancillary ones until usually something like September or October, if the group is on a, on a one, one, and then all of a sudden you get again, assaulted with information about your benefits. If you pay attention and happen to not be swamped or doing 800 other things during the fall, which I don't know about you, but my fall is usually a shit show and it's pre-holidays, right? So like the last thing I want to do is hang out and talk about HMOs. And so they shove all this information down your throat and, you know, hey, if you got to change anything, do it now. Hey, if you got to depend it now, change it. Hey, if, you know, if, you know, if you need to make any changes, you got this window, do it, do it, do it. And then they bury their heads in the sand again. And you as an employee don't hear anything about your benefits for 11 more months. And so that's a broken process. Like anyone who's ever worked in marketing or communications will tell you like that ain't how this works. And so we need to break that cycle of like inundating people when they start inundating them during open enrollment and then kind of leaving them to fend for themselves across a really shitty experience of multiple different systems in between, because that's really inefficient, right? You get the employee who panics and goes, Oh shit, I'm pregnant now. Or, Oh shit. Like something happened. And I have like a really ridiculous claim I need help with. And all of a sudden they're scrambling for answers. And what do people do when they scramble? They go right to the source which means yep. the first thing they're going to do is screw your microsite and, you know, forget your pamphlet that you handed me two years ago when I onboarded. <laughs> like I have a question now about something that freaks me out that I don't understand. I'm going to go directly to the person in benefits that I know, and I'm going to ask right. them the question. And that question has been asked by every employee that's ever worked there over the course of a decade. But that HR person is stuck answering that question every time. And it's super fucking inefficient. It's really expensive. And it's frustrating because 
just imagine as an employee, if instead of having to like panic when that happened, and again, medical shit comes up, like you're always going to have to ask questions because sure. unpredictable shit happens. That's why we have insurance. But imagine a world where, you know, you get regular communication about these things. You get reminders about them. You know, you hear about that nutrition program that you have access to that's free more than once a year as a reminder. You know, you get updates and educational materials about how, you know, when bad shit happens, what you do with your health insurance, you know, and, and that should be a 12 month process. That should be an ongoing continual communication. And it should at some point be tailored to you because you, Jim might not give a shit about how the pet insurance works, but I have, you know, two dogs and I really care when stuff goes wrong with them. That adds a lot of stress for me. It really should be sort of more consistent and more customized. And problem in this industry is everybody's so fucking worried about health insurance, which I understand. And I get, cause it's, you know, 40 something odd thousand dollars a year per employee or something crazy like that. But People, no one's been willing to pan out and look at the bigger problem, which is like we've got an access to information and an act, we've got an accessibility problem in benefits, to use a, a real DEI term these days. Like we've got an accessibility problem and a marketing and communications problem, but it's not a healthcare specific problem. It's just a problem across the experience. Um, and a lot of people have have tried to plug the holes in the bucket, but they're not plugging everything at once. So you sort of continue to have this whack a mole in HR tech of benefit solutions that only focus on one piece of the puzzle, which is usually the piece of the puzzle someone can make money on. That's right. Is, right. Yeah. Well, and you have to add in the paradigm too. Like you have so many people that English might be not their might not be their first yeah, language oh, and yeah. they don't understand benefits to begin with. And they're super talented. I've worked in benefits for a decade. I barely understand benefits, Jim. That's right. <laughs> that's on. right. Like, but like you have all these different facets that you just can't flood HR because they're already, like you said, overwhelmed. So take it a step back here. You create showcase because there's a need. Obviously, that's how all great things start. But when you start getting into it, you're in the weeds, you start like, oh, wow, people are using this. Now there's constant engagement. You have to keep it fresh somehow. And I think the reason it falls off the table with HR professionals is because keeping it fresh takes time, right? Yeah. And that constant pinging and outreach. So talk to me a little bit about, or actually do me a favor, go back to you're in the weeds. You're, this, people are starting to engage in this thing. What was the V.1 to V.2 aha moment where you're like, oh shit, like this has really got to change because people are using it now. Like we, yeah. we've got to make this better. Yeah. So, I mean, a couple of things, like it's just interesting because it's a blessing and a curse, right? Like I feel like we, we started from a point that most people are not willing to start with, which is like, let me sit on top of all the bullshit you're already paying way too much money for. That's like really complicated tech. And let me just be sort of the hub that you can plug into and create sort of ease of experience. And that's like a foreign concept in HR. Like everyone expects that everything has to be hard and expensive and cumbersome. And so when you build something that it's like, no, no, you can just do this yourself. Like you don't have to ask your broker team to go update your website. Like you can just go in there and do it. Like it's very easy. Well, you know, we're a tech company and, and we make it hard. So that's why I'm fascinated yeah. by this because I don't want to make it as hard. I want to make it easier. Yeah, I mean, I think the problems that are easy to solve, you should solve easily. And the problems that are hard, like are going to be technically a little harder. But I, I do believe like in pro like product experience really matters, right? Because if it's fucking hard 100%. to use, nobody wants to use it. So, you know, and I was a little baffled that people were, were so skeptical to uptake something that was so easy, easy to use. I was like, oh, we got to like pepper this in 
account management and shit. So people feel like they, they have a handholder, even though they don't really need one, but we'll get them there. Right. Like we'll <laughs> walk right. them there eventually. So right. I think what was interesting for us is, and it became very clear, very quickly, what we needed to do was, so we, we started, you know, basically as an, as a benefits hub and a, and a virtual benefit fair product, right? Like that's what the platform yep. was. Uh, and I still argue that we are one of the best ones on the market, if not the best one for those two things, because you can customize it across your experience. It's white labelable, all the things, right? This isn't a sales pitch. Thing that was fascinating was when we basically, like I basically started to see that what people were asking us for as they were using the product and realizing that like they could put literally everything they do for their team in this thing, was it the, the sort of funnel of engagement became very clear to me, which is, so if you, you think of the world of optimizing benefits, right? Because we talk about utilization, but nobody gives a fuck about utilization and nobody should give a shit about utilization. What you're actually looking for is optimization, which is I want the right employees to use the right services for them at the right times, right? That's the yep. trifecta of like, everyone makes a bunch of money and there's no waste in benefits. So when you think about that, the question is, how do you get there? And you have to walk the user down a funnel. And the, the t at the top of the funnel, if you picture sort of an upside down triangle, the top of the funnel is awareness of benefits, right? I have to know that you offer me the thing. I have to know that after being an employee at this hospital for eight years, that you offer me free nutrition. <laughs> Your friend's going to be like, by the way, I heard this podcast. You hammered me. <laughs> oh yeah. I've talked about this before. Uh, she knows exactly who she is. Uh, uh, no, she's, she's, she's too big time to listen to us, but awareness, like full stop. I have to even know it's on the list of shit you offer me. Right. And our mm -hmm. clients offer on average somewhere between 15 and like 30 benefits across core voluntary perks, et cetera. Uh, so it's not a, it's okay. not like companies aren't doing enough. So I have to know it exists. Then if you step down the funnel towards like, I actually can use it when I need to, you have to be educated on what the fuck it is, right? So I have to know what hospital indemnity insurance is and how that works. I have to know why I would choose a PPO over an HMO, right? I have to know, I don't know, insert other benefit here. Like I have to know what it is and why I would use it. I have to be educated on it, uh, which yep. again, like you'd be shocked at the number of employees that will, that will search in our platform, like what is a 401k? Like people are not as educated on these things as we'd like to think they are. So then I've got I've to know what it is. Then you walk another step down that, and then you can say, okay, I've got to make, I've got to make the right decisions for myself. So you could ins insert a layer there for decision support if you wanted to. I would, I would argue good education probably negates some of that need, but again, health insurance makes it more complicated. So, so be it. Then you've got to be, then you've got to go create an account, right? So then you've got to enroll in the thing, which is a whole process in and of itself. Then if you keep walking down the funnel, then you've got to go actually access it to utilize it, Right. And then right. if you were to finish that funnel, you have to be consistently reminded to go through the funnel when you need information or access to your benefits. So it's, it's like a circle. It's like a funnel that you just keep putting people through. And there is not a platform until us that you can actually walk that entire funnel. I'm tired uh -huh. just hearing you explain it. Like it's I exhausting. don't ever want to touch my benefits. <laughs> yeah. But so for me, it's like, I just want to log in and be like, oh yeah, there's just this beautiful thing that shows me, here's all the stuff you offer me. I'm, I'm thinking about my health insurance at this moment because something came up. I want to click on the thing. I want to be able to talk to something that answers my questions. If it doesn't answer my questions, I want to talk to a human that's intelligent enough to answer my more complicated question more quickly. And then I want to go away and I don't want to bother anybody that works at my company for that. Right. And then I want to get an occasional reminder that's like, Hey Alexa, don't forget, you know, open enrollment closes tomorrow at two. Uh, or, hey, Alexa, don't forget, like, dental insurance covers 15% off Invisalign, right? You follow the dental insurance benefit, make sure you get those updates, right? And I want it to be that easy. I want it to talk to me and remind me of the shit that I care about, and then for me to be able to easily access and answer my own questions when I need them answered. And the reality is, like, we can say that that exists, and some huge companies and organizations will tell you they do that. That absolutely does not exist today. That full funnel experience does not exist today. So here's a, here's a funny thing. You, you talked about there's competitors out there that say they do this. 
and it doesn't exist for like the full funnel. Th this has always mystified me about in the benefits world, just because they say they can do it doesn't mean it exists. Right. And, and you have to prove There's it. So much bullshit in this industry. It's unbelievable. There's so much smoke and mirrors. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like the people like the brokerages that say they do communication strategy. I'm like the fuck you do. That means you hired one person who once upon a time worked in communications and will like give you some little tidbits to your clients. Like you don't do communications. You don't know anything about communications. That's kind of where I was going with it. So we have this problem and I was at a conference in November and I, I did like a little LinkedIn live thing. And I was like, we don't have a technology problem in this industry. We have a communication delivery problem. And yeah, like, like people have so much noise, but typically you get at these large agencies, they say they do this, they do this. And it's all focused on the C-level and like the reporting and the KPIs and their dashboarding and benchmarking. Great. Awesome. Definitely needed. But what happens in an economy where there's high churn, like we just came out of, now we have recession and people are freaking out about, you know, if I lose my job, will my benefits stay in place? And what were my benefits? And what was the out-of-pocket cost? And they have to go back to that HR department that's already ill-equipped, right? So is Showcase more of a millennial Gen Z type program or is it something that can be delivered because we talk about this all the time the five generations in the workforce right how are you going to communicate how are you going to help how are you going to help engage all the generations especially when there's such flux with the economy and people don't know what's going on right right so a lot of things to unpack there but to answer your most immediate question the answer is like you have to provide flexibility and you have to provide personalization. So the, one of the problems in this industry is everyone continues to try to do things with this like blanket approach again because you've got a bunch of sure. non-subject matter experts saying they're things like communication strategists and they're not, you know. And so the result is you get you know large companies who their version of of communications is like oh we send a monthly new newsletter that nobody reads right. <laughs> like I did a survey a, a couple of years ago of like 250 middle market organizations and we asked them are you able to track the emails that you send out about benefits? And eight, this was like right before COVID. Like this was not that long ago. 88% of those organizations said that they do not have the ability to track the open rates on their emails to employees. I mean, that's, that's basic shit. What was that? 88%? 88. I think it was 88, 88 or 87 or something like that. It was, it was like an overwhelming majority of 250 companies could not track the open rate, not the click rates, not the eyeballs, not the, did you view it on a mobile? So or a let's, let's stop right there. Let, let me think about this. Let me think about this. You're a thousand person company and 88% yeah. of your company had no idea. Like you were saying, your friend walking around, didn't know this benefit existed that they got an email that open enrollment starts X date. Well, it's a black box. So the HR team that wrote that email that said, you know, open enrollment starts on Friday or Monday or whatever, they have the HR team has no idea how many people read that email. Tracking. No idea. Like it's a fucking black box. Yeah, these benefit fairs that were always put on were like just Oh my God. Like, no, don't even get me started on But like fairs. old school, right? They were they were like billboards and you had to go around the office and they were really big and you got 50 emails. I've been a part of them. I've been to them. Uh, we've had to support clients all over the country in them. And you get the, like, they'll rent out hotels. Some of our largest clients will rent out hotels. They're, they're, oh, my God. There's whole companies that all they yeah. do is put on benefit fairs for company, for organizations. If that doesn't tell you that this is fucking broken, I don't know what does. And I remember this. So, God, I'm going to go back here. This is like 17, 
I think 2017. And up the street from our old office in Rockville, Maryland, there was a hotel. And it was like a really cool old school hotel. Like you had to walk into it. and The floor was sunken in huge, like awesome bar in the middle though. It was like a great area had a waterfall. The place was killer. But then the convention center was attached to it. They had blown that out. This company blew it out. Right. And the whole downstairs was of this hotel. There's people like walking around in their rooms and shit, but all the employees flooded into this thing and they had to go see these different vendors, just like you were talking about. But the signage was out of control. And I'm thinking to myself, how much money did you spend oh, yeah. to rent out a hotel for two days? You had like lab tests and you had like all these people there. And I remember walking around because they asked us to like help explain people's health and welfare to them. Nobody showed up for the two yep. days we were there. Like they had, yep. you know, and they had thousands of employees. It's like 10% was the average like benefit fair attendance. It's like 10% or something. Oh, then they crushed it because I would say out of their thousands, they probably had 500 in two days. Yeah. And it seemed like a ton. Yeah. And all the bro- the yeah. brokers that were there, they were like so happy. And all the vendors were like, yeah, you know, it's we crushed it. Smoke and mirrors, man. And smoke and mirrors. They gave away all their plush toys and shit. And I'm like, this is the biggest waste of time. But again- so this is so this is the thing. Like we, when we started Showcase, we would have people who just like could not let go of the concept of the in-person benefit fair. And I would say to people, I would say, do you know how many people came to your benefit fair? Because because like most that sounds like. And look, if you have the budget for it, like I'm all about like in-person events. I used to run a trade show in this space. Like I, I'm all about events. I'm all about experiences. I love that shit. If you've got the budget and if you want to do that, there's a way to do it. Most people do not do it the correct way. But for most pe- most companies, especially let's let's go like mid-market here. Most companies, the benefit fair is like in the cafeteria on a Tuesday from one to five. Good point. And it's a bunch of jamokes from all of your benefits, at least the ones that had a 23-year-old that they could send to waste four hours on a Tuesday who could drive out there with a little tablecloth and some tchotchkes and they stand there and answer questions. And basically not that many people come, right? It's just not an effective tool if you want people to remember information and optimize across multiple services, right? Even the trade show for two days is like, cool. I, I walked around, I saw a bunch of shit for two days and I retained approximately 6% of that information. Got a ton of pens. Um, they, I got a bunch of yeah, hard thanks, drives. Yeah, I got, a, I got a bunch of dog toys. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, my uh, US I bought a bunch of free crap for my kids. My USB game is strong. More travel chargers than I know. Exactly. I fucking hate conference swag. Don't even get started. Anyway, so we would have people that would like really struggle to let go of that concept that like that was the only way to do this. And I would say to them, well, how many people came into the cafeteria on that Tuesday? And they'd say, honestly, I don't even really know. I I guess like 200. I'm like, okay, you're just fucking eyeballing this. And I would say, look, when you host these things in, in our platform, like I can tell you, I've got a little, I've got a little, uh, like, you know, a little robot bouncer that's sitting there with the silver thing clicking every time, every, every time right. somebody comes in here, Turnstile. every time you send a notification back to your point about generations, every time you send a certain type of communication, I can tell you how many people are actually engaging with that communication. So if you're sending a notification to your entire population saying, Hey, don't forget your EAP exists <laughs> full stop, <laughs> you know, I can tell you that. Only 6% of your population read that notification. So there's only two reasons people ignore information. Either they didn't know it exists, right? Why does no one use your EAP? Why is it socially acceptable in the benefits world to pay for something that only 2 to 3% of your population utilizes? There's only two reasons. One, people don't know about it. Or two, nobody wants it. So let's figure out which one it is so you stop wasting money on it, right? right? Because if it's they don't know about it, I can fix that problem for you. 
If it's that they don't want it, then let's figure out what they do want. And the only way we're going to figure that out is by getting this information in front of your employees, watching their behaviors, and giving you data back as an employer that says, hey, turns out your employees engage much better with your mental health service, whatever, whatever, and they search consistently across your platform. Every month they're searching things like mental health. We got to get you a different program. It's not the EAP. People don't want it. They're not using it, right? Uh, and then you can start to swap in services. So then you can you can actually say to a broker if they actually want to be useful and say, hey, you've got data here that says what the population will engage with and is engaging with. Let's jigger the offering here to be more optimized for the population instead of just shoving services down their throat or pitching them a bunch of insurance shit we make a voluntary commission on. Like, let's actually optimize this for the team by watching the behavior and, and being helpful. Uh, but that's like a, that's a fucking whole nother ball of wax for people. But you you got to meet people where they are and you got to personalize it to your point. Like you can't give – Stole the words I, out of my mouth. I need text messages. <laughs> yeah. You know? I don't just share without a text message. Well, it, it's – you stole the words out of my mouth. You have to meet people where they are. So in GovCon, I'll give you the, the strata. You have a lot more people obviously working remote, but you have some people that can't, especially in the intelligence community. I mean they're locked down, sure. deep, dark, secret places, right? They can't even take phones into these places. But they still have families. They still need benefits. They still have to live a life. and when they usually leave work, long days, tough stuff, saving this, protecting the country, HR's home, right? And HR's burning the midnight oil on weekends and just getting crushed. What we want to do is impact that employee as they need it, to your point. But then you have the other side of the equation. You have like the blue gray collar side, like let's say they're doing construction and they're working third shift at night and they're exhausted during the day trying to catch sleep. They're not around when HR is there either. They still have benefits. They still have kids. They still have needs. And then you have like the folks that are just like on site. We have a ton of like security guards, landscaping, facilities, maintenance. They're doing work all freaking day in some inhospitable temperatures and outside and inside and all these places. The last thing we need is a language barrier, no access lack of access to HR. Yeah, it's an accessibility problem. And then the communication of not getting it to them in time, it builds up this massive frustration. Yeah, you got to create multiple mediums without trying to boil the ocean, right? So, and again, it comes back to personalization because like the one guy on that construction site might be like, just give me an app. Like, I just want to do this on my phone. Like, I don't want to talk to humans. I just want to like sit on the couch when I get home with my, you know, significant other and just patch this out on my phone. Then you've got a guy who's like, I'll never have a smartphone and you'll never pay me to have one. Like, I don't want to download your stupid app. You have a lot of that. That guy needs a text message. That guy needs needs a two-way communication that's a little more analog. And what you need is you need a system that can actually do those things across emails, texts, push notifications, and some other marketing if you want to, if you want to go that far. But you need to have a strategy around that. And then you need to let that person optimize for themselves. So the guy who needs text messages needs as early as humanly possible in his employee experience, the ability to say, I need text messages and I need to get in the habit of getting them right now. Because once you're past the onboarding stage, like your first couple weeks, you have lost every piece of momentum you have with that employee to take on a new behavior or learn a new thing. Because once they're past that, if you haven't ingrained like, hey, we do this in this app now, or hey, you get notifications from this thing, or you get text messages, if you have a question, ask this robot, this thing on your phone. Um, once you miss that window, trying to change a behavior with an employee is hard because they're just going to write it off like they do with all things benefits. They're going to say, oh, yeah, they, I don't know, they sent me some stuff during onboarding. I, I don't know where it is or how I get access to it. So 
fuck it. I'll just, when I, when something goes wrong, I'll panic call HR. When there's a fire. Yeah. When there's a fire. That's right. Exactly. I'll, I'll panic call or I'll panic call my union rep or I'll, you know, whatever. Uh, and yeah, it's just wildly inefficient. The cycle starts again. Uh, and so someone's got to be willing to break the cycle. And I think, you know, it just means building technology from a different vantage point for this space. It's a bit, a bit of a longer play. Yeah. But you, in order to do that, like you've got to, you've got to create flexibility, but also create personalization. And there's not a lot of that in benefits right now. 